It's Guild Ball Tonight, your independent source for Guild Ball news, information, and conversation. Episode 75 for January 22nd, 2018. Well, hello and welcome to the Guild Ball Tonight podcast. Now, I am your Dr. Doolittle host, Phil. And joining me tonight is our Rocky Mountain High co-host, Bill. How you doing, Bill? Man, do I need the Rastafarian like wig now? <laughs> I don't. I didn't mean high that way. <laughs> Just no, the, in the, in the Bob Denver are. sense, the uh, <laughs> the you're in Colorado. Uh, always yeah. bears, uh, you know, explanation while, yeah. while while I'm out here. So Bill sounds a little different tonight. Um, we will leave that to your discretion to decide why. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Uh, so, uh, so what are we going to talk about tonight? We are going to talk about the uh, the latest uh, and greatest from the world of rat catchers, which uh, we got a a bit of eye candy for this week. We're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to probably talk about. I don't know events that are coming up. That's a thing we do. And then we're going to talk about, I don't know, plastic replacement again. Because uh, we didn't run it into the ground last time, except for the fact that, uh, well, well, gosh, updates, they seem bro. to be doing it. So I think we need to talk about it. So I think so. <laughs> very good. So let's go ahead and start with those rat catchers. Now for a bit of context on the last I'm pretty sure it was the last episode we talked a little bit about the the rat catcher art in the context of the the team picture that was included with the uh the launch kit so we saw the the Doug Telford art of the rat catchers but in the in the intervening time, we got a team shot of the rat catchers painted by uh, is it Angel or Enhel? I'm not sure how the I I think it depends on who you hear say the name. All right, then I'm gonna I've, say Enhel. Uh, yeah, Heraldes. I've heard both. Yeah, uh, of course the. The renowned miniatures painter who has started to do work with Steamforged, but is I don't I guess he's he's most famous for his work on Infinity. I would assume. I mean, he's done he's done some fantastic stuff all over the place, but I think Infinity is sort of his uh, what he's definitive work. Yeah, and I would agree. ooh, those are some pretty miniatures. So, um. Not sure if those are production samples or test prints that he's working with. I mean, he's a good enough painter to make it difficult to tell <laughs> if those are production samples or test prints that he's working with. Um, 
And now, let me ask you this, Phil. What? what did you uh what did you think of the actual models compared to the art? I mean there's a couple of changes, but for right. the most part Um, I think that the the changes that we see from the original art, which I guess are principally with Piper, I think the the others are actually all really close to their concept art, are they not? Uh, really close. Now, yeah. we didn't get, in the art, we didn't get a good look at the shambling mass. Miasma, yeah. yeah. So, um, now, Piper's concept art, I wasn't bowled over by, but I will say, and I said this on on Twitter the other day when the pictures came out, that I think that Piper may be one of my favorite Guild Ball miniatures. Why is that? I, I think it's because it's exactly the pose I wanted. Like, it is that perfect, uh, like, Hamlin pose, right? Like, when you see, like, woodcuts of the, the Pied Piper of Hamlin, it's that sort of dancing Piper. It's the... It's almost identical. Somebody pointed out on, on Twitter, and, and they were absolutely correct about this. It was it's almost identical to the the art that Jethro Tull uses of Ian Anderson, which I believe itself was inspired by the Pied Piper woodcuts. So, if I had art directed that figure, I would have said, "Make it look like those Ian Anderson drawings." <laughs> And that's pretty much what it did. It's just that they reversed which leg he's got up, but the pose is very similar. And I just, I really like that. It's the perfect Piper figure. And yeah. beyond the pose being fantastic, it just, it's just a really cool looking miniature. So I like it a lot. I like it a whole lot. I hope that I can paint it um, reasonably well. Uh, and that I'm not just being deceived by an amazing paint job. But uh really like Piper. Um I like um what is the uh Puss and Boyles guy? Um the one that plays for the uh for the morticians as well. Yeah, I I don't know the name, but I know yeah. the guy you're I think it starts about. with an S. Sledge or something. No, Sledge is on is on the blacksmith. <laughs> uh something like that. I keep wanting to say scum scourge. Yes, Jace Fox in the in the chat saved my uh, saved my bacon, um, which is ironic given the fact that I'm uh, kosher. Uh, so he uh, <laughs> uh, scourge I, I like a lot. He um, he's going to be fun to paint. I mean, like it's it's like it's like a weird combination of catalyst and Fangtooth, and he's going to be uh, he's going to be fun. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Did you enjoy doing Fangtooth? I loved doing Fangtooth. I loved doing Catalyst. So it's just another opportunity to, um, yeah, Rattlest. Um, it's just another opportunity to to paint that that rotted skin. I should probably paint like a a Nurgle army someday in my life because I actually really enjoy painting that. Uh, so I like them. I thought that the, the miniature of Pelage translates pretty well with what we've seen of her. I, you know, the, like the weird thing is that the miniature is like the exact same pose and rotation as the drawing. 
So we don't actually have any like new information about Pelage. Like I'd like to see like the other three quarter views. So we get like some more information on uh, what that miniature looks like sort of all the way around. Right. Um, uh, Skulk is, um, I might like the metal Skulk a little better. I'm going to have to get both in my hands and decide which one I like. And it's, it's mostly just a, a dynamic versus static pose issue there. Uh, who else is there? The, the rat might not have a tail. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what, what's going on there. It's not, yeah, a... but we, it's, t- it's hard to see the backside of it. Exactly. Though, right? I mean, I'm not looking at the art, but yeah. Uh, ultimately the one, the, the one I don't care for is Miasma, the, the, the shambler as, as you called him. I think his, his hands are like weirdly oversized and, um, I felt like, and you know, this is one of those, uh, art critics are the ones who, who can't do what the artist does moments, but (laughs) I thought that uh, Geraldes deviated from the palette of the team a bit with him. There's like, um, I think like some blue on his on, in his robe where there wasn't really blue on the other guys, and the the bloody white double headed rat that's sitting on his head is like more of a, a focal draw than the face of the miniature, which is a um, kind of a weird thing. I think that if they if that rat had been painted with a little more subtlety and the palette had carried over from the other figures, the way that it carries over amongst the others, um, maybe he would look better, but there's just a couple of little things with that figure that sort of stand out. And uh, at the end of the day, like uh, a weird shambling hunchback with giant hands just isn't a miniature that I naturally look forward to painting. Um, I would love to be completely wrong. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I find it amusing that you say that because a weird hunchback, hunched over figure you don't look forward to painting with all the robes and stuff, yet you are interested in painting, you know, a pus bucket guy. Well, but he's standing upright and he's got the pus. I mean, like, I can pull, <laughs> for for comparison, I can pull Hag <sighs> off my painting shelf right now, and I have, and I'm holding it up to the camera and because the lighting right now is weird, you can't tell. I've barely put any work onto Hag, and she has been next for about seventeen miniatures. Hmm. I'm just not into it, and I think it's it's in some ways it's a similar figure. Is it just the robes and and whatnot don't do it for uh, you? Or? I don't know. With Hag, it's just that there's so many fiddly little things to paint that I just. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm just not. Uh, I'm not jumping up and down about that miniature for some reason. So now I I enjoyed painting Brain Pan, who in some ways is similar. I mean, standing upright, but robes and big hands that stick out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the what the detractor is there, but. Like I said, I'm hoping that it's a a camera angle or lighting issue, and when I get a a new or different look at him, I will be far more interested. I mean, you know, we don't know what his back looks like. So, yeah, all in all, I think that those new, um, (laughs) 
I think those the that those new pictures of the rat catchers have made me far and away more excited about them than I was. I mean, I wasn't unexcited about them. I was looking forward to them and to painting them, but now I am I am fully uh fully excited for their release and for getting hmm. them and for painting them. Yeah, I find myself in a in a slightly different situation where I, I think they look great. The the painted up models look great. I actually agree with you. I love the Piper, you know, the Piper model. Yeah. Um I I think I, even down to the um it's a little hard to tell, but it looks like even the uh the pipes are bladed a bit. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I like the whole aesthetic around that. I like uh, whatever, Skulk or whoever. The guy that's out now. Um, yeah, Skulk. So, But uh, I'm, I'm actually less of a fan of the rest of the models. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to the rules. I'm looking forward to playing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't strike, you know, strangely enough, uh, they, they don't fall into the engineer's aesthetic, which I'm not, you know, a fan of. Hmm. Um, and, and not that anything is bad with the engineers and I know a lot of people love the way they look. I just have never been a fan of the, the wooden mechanica. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, along that there's line, no accounting for taste, right? Right. Exactly. And, and along that line, you know, I don't, these don't strike me as me going, eh, I really don't like that model. Mm-hmm. Um, by the same token, I don't love the models. I think I will be much happier with the models. Uh, just looking at the art and the initial renders, I'm more excited for the Falconers when they come out and to see the paint job on those. Yeah, I think that that is... Uh, I mean, that's fair. I mean, to each their own. Just different aesthetics, yeah. Sure. Sure. So, uh, we will... Uh, we'll certainly... We'll probably... Sp- Swing background. I think that the uh, the rat catchers and uh, the fact that they don't appear to catch rats as much as hang out with rats is going to be a uh, is going to find its way to be uh, to be news for <laughs> for the next several months. Uh, well, and, and I imagine we're going to start seeing some spoilers of the models. I hope so. I do hope so in the next in the next few weeks. So. Uh, Let's see, what do we want to talk about next? How about we go ahead and jump to the news of the day uh, and the the, uh, the excitement. The Kickstarter campaign? Uh, it's not a Kickstarter. They, oh, they said right. that they, there they was... Said they, they said they wouldn't do a Kickstarter. And in fact, they didn't do a Kickstarter. Now, a certain, a certain podcast host who is too humble to... To say I told you so, <laughs> uh, made a, a big stink about how this wouldn't happen without some sort of upfront cash and a crowdfunding uh, campaign like a Kickstarter would be the most appropriate and effective way to get there. Promises or no promises, brick and I, mortar know, stores I... or no brick and mortar stores. And I seem to remember the guys on the pitch saying that. That's who you're talking about, right? I don't know. I don't listen to that show. <laughs> so the um, <laughs> so 
yeah the, to 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 end the to end the pain here so the they announced today now of course this is today's announcement we don't have any more information than this i'm sure by the time uh by the time you listen to this show you'll have a lot more information unless you're in the chat room which you know they don't have any more information and we're entertaining That's them true. tonight so um <clears throat> So what we know at this point is that the fish and butchers uh, plastic replacement is coming to Indiegogo. What do they say next week? Um, I to tell you the truth, I don't remember. Soon, right. soon. Okay, I think so it is soon. the trademark soon. The trademark soon, and. Um, you know, I think this is exactly what they needed to do, and it's exactly how they needed to do it. Now, a few interesting also notice uh, points from this. Since the initial reveal of the plastic, they added another goal, another terrain piece, and another ball. So that yeah. means we've got 12 figures, two goals, two terrain pieces, two balls. That means we have... Exact like replacements two for boxes. right. Exact replacements for the four current boxes that this represents. So this is a true plastic replacement process, just as we expected, just as we know they want and need to do. So I think that if this campaign goes well, and uh, you know, at this point it remains to be seen, but we can hope it goes well. That this process will be underway and in who knows how many months we'll work our way through all nine metal teams and slash the price of a Gilball team permanently in half across the board. So so Phil, you used to host a podcast that focused on crowdfunding platforms and stuff that's put out on crowdfunding platforms. What's the I difference did. between Indiegogo and Kickstarter? Um, exposure. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, there actually, there are some fundamental differences between Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Uh, the biggest difference, uh, is probably, in the past, the biggest difference was that Indiegogo, you were allowed to do um, campaigns where you could set it up so that even if you didn't hit your funding goal, you got whatever money you collected. It wasn't the all or nothing approach that Kickstarter uh, has. Okay. I mean, Kickstarter has provided a few other funding models and Indiegogo has provided a few other funding models. And so that sort of part of the that that part of the difference between the two is um, is not as, as stark. So at this point, really, the biggest difference between the two platforms is where they're based. Indiegogo is an EU-based platform. Kickstarter is a US-based platform. Now we know that there was some price sensitivity to the Kickstarter platform that that Rich expressed in the keynote, and it's possible that Indiegogo doesn't take as big of a cut. I, I actually honestly don't know what the cut is currently, but it's entirely possible that the currency conversion 
between going with somebody based in the EU versus somebody based in the US is makes more business sense. For more them. favorable, yeah. Or it could just be pride. They could just be wanting to not do another Kickstarter. Because, you know, when they did the Guild Ball mat, they did well, that on Indiegogo. S- just I, like they're doing this. I was ask about that, too. Right. So right. it's not like they don't have experience with Indiegogo. Right. They de- they definitely did the, the Guild Ball mat via Indiegogo. It was successful. It worked out. Everything went fine. I accidentally bought three. Um, <laughs> we'll see if I can accidentally <laughs> buy three... Uh, <laughs> Buy three three, three double around. teams. Yeah, right. So um, now, it'll be interesting. We don't know. So we don't know, for instance, what the what the delivery estimate is. We don't know what the backer level price point is going to be. Uh, whether it's going to be the you know the hundred dollars that uh, that they would be at retail, or if we're going to get a little shaved off of retail. Does look like they're doing some limited edition captain cards, or perhaps limited edition team cards in general. I think they've got a yeah. It almost looked like the whole team to me when yeah, I yeah. I think the at it. I think the background is limited edition on all of them, and then the captain cards is the new captain art. Ah, um, that that's on like the the wallpapers and the 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 uh, the examples of the t shirts. So. Um, that might be a a limited edition team cards, um, kind of as the as the spice in addition to just getting all this stuff. I'm sure. Now I advance. will be interested to see these when they're produced, but I particularly was interested in the butchers. Okay. Um, I felt like the the butchers team. We got a, and again, I'm not looking at it in front of me right now, so I'm going off a bit of memory from a glance earlier today, but. Uh, I feel like we hadn't gotten a really good picture of the the plastic butchers team in the past. And well, we only the... saw three of them in the okay um, yeah. in the U.S. keynote. It was Shank, um, Shank. I think one of the briskets, maybe just two, maybe just two figures. And um, now, now we can see that's... all twelve of them. Right, a couple of things that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one would love to hear your thoughts on standing up tenderizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two was the sizing. Now, again, this is in a you know picture on the internet. And, Pull it up, yeah. You know. Because remember, also remember these are renders; these are not and they're renders, test right. models. So it's entirely possible, if not probable. That not only are these poses not necessarily locked in, but that the comparative size is off. Now, we've definitely seen wow. a we've definitely seen a trend towards normalizing the heights and sort of proportions of gill ball models in the more recent stuff, whereas with the original, especially season one line, there was a, a just a a huge amount of sort of diversity in the um, in the sizing, uh, whether intentional or otherwise. Well, and that was something I saw. Like, if this sizing ends up being accurate, which is, I'll be interested to see. Yeah. Right. Tenderizer is an absolute giant. 
Which um, I believe he was supposed to have been, because the I, descriptions of him in the fluff, he's always he's, like he's looming. Yeah. Right. Uh, same thing with Boar. The yeah. model, the scale of the model here. What I particularly like, though, was Boiler Yeah. Standing comes across up. much more as a boy in here. Yeah. Even standing up, Boiler comes across as a as the young kid. I mean, I, I just felt like the scaling in this picture yeah. was much truer to fluff yeah. than maybe we've seen before now. Uh, and Princess possibly. was tiny. Yeah, Princess is really tiny. <laughs> um, the other one who sort of surprised me with their size actually was Kraken. I feel like Kraken shrank. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I would agree with that. <laughs> so, um, I mean, in general, I don't have a... Um, I, in general... I don't have any issues per se with the with the figures. Um, I mean, many of them are exactly the same. And Sakana, Hag, uh, Angel are exactly the same. I really, I'm really excited to get the new Jack with the the T-shirt from his original <laughs> art. Um, while Kraken maybe doesn't feel quite as big, I like his new pose a lot. Do you the standing up and stoic? Right. Corsair is the same. Grayscales is is new. The sirens are new. Um, I think I, I like I really the old like sirens, the sirens better. I I don't have a problem with the new sirens. I might like the old sirens better. I have to actually like get those in my hand. Um, is it just me or is Salt not as rotund? in this image as he was in the <laughs> keynote images. Well, uh, well, perhaps and, it's not it pregnant salt yeah, after all. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't the question out there, you know, who says it's a he? Right, right, right. Well, you know, <laughs> got to cover somehow. Now, um, how do you feel about the uh, alternate balls? The I mean, alternate balls are fun. alternate balls all over the place. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, a puffer fish and a, and a hermit crab. And uh, a I pig. Think, yeah, uh, and the yeah, the like the pig's head and the, the 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 shank of meat. I mean, they're appropriate to the theme. I think that they're uh, they are fun. I I do hope that there remains a way to get just a normal ball once this is all said, <laughs> said and done. Right. We might not uh, we might not get that. Uh, the one fisherman. I'm I'm definitely a little cold too though. Is shark? Really, um, you don't like the standing up shark? I, you know, from a distance, he looks like a like a rifleman or something with the with the spear in the one hand and the I don't know. It's it's just not. Huh. But then I've got the Kickstarter shark. I think if I had the retail shark, I'd probably be happier about not having a, a the old shark. Uh, kind of moving on to the to the butchers. Um, really, I don't have anything to complain about with the butchers. I think uh, Boiler. I think you're you're right. He is definitely a kid, um, which makes his uh, lovelorn um, pursuit of brisket all the more sort of sad for for now, his innocence. In the, in the two briskets, I found very interesting. Yeah. Uh, those are ones I want to get my hands on and actually compare 
mm-hmm. you know, one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm assuming it is only the scaling in the picture here. Right, the copy and makes... paste. Because it does look like brisket one is about six, eight inches taller than brisket two. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, a bit thicker. And then brisket two is... Yeah. Uh, but it, but I I think the poses are also kind of interesting. Yeah, very much. So. You know, very much so. You eager running brisket one versus uh, sort of the more sedate sauntering brisket two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no more wildly flailing uh, chains. Yeah, on uh, Shank. Shank has Shank has had his his um, broken off chains just permanently figured into the equation now. <laughs> I, of course, haven't had wildly flailing chains on my shank since the beginning. I, I converted that out of the out of the picture. Um, but How do you feel I about do like stoic pointing fillet? Stoic pointing fillet. Uh, not uh, not a problem. I like them. I like the new fillet as much as I like the old fillet. I mean, they're they're uh, they're nice figures. The um, the the ox the retail ox I do like how much he towers over Flay that's a a nice yeah. uh, contradiction in captains I like the new running meat hook uh, veteran ox is, is pretty much retail bars unchanged so I mean it's it's an interesting combination of new and old poses and I think that um it's interesting because I think some of the some of the figures who are left alone are sort of iconic figures, you know, retail ox, boar, Sakana, angel. I mean, these are these are figures who are sort of like you can't imagine them being anything other than what they are. Right. But what you'll also notice in in a lot of these figures, not in all of them, because there are exceptions to this. But you'll notice that a lot of the poses are more static than mm-hmm. the previous ones. So I mean, this is a this is an arc of sorts, right? You know, when when the game first came out, I think that the desire at Steamforged and and with Matt and Russ when they were sort of designing the figures was to to put this super dynamic miniature out on the table to to give it more life and to make it more of a to make it more of an athlete model right and uh so to that end we got all the the crazy flailing figures like the vitriols and the uh the uh who else is is in a, in a difficult to well, <laughs> a difficult snake, to assemble snake skin, snake skin with her one foot on the ground yeah and and so you know we got the we got the action poses and that that carried forward even into season two when they tried to make them easier to assemble because one of the problems was in the in in season one in the Kickstarter era, era if you didn't know how to pin you were in trouble. Right, and there was a certain amount of of hobby ability and a certain amount of hobby knowledge maybe taken for granted in in the 
the presentation of this game like it was it was only going to be going out to established miniatures gamers and i think that one of the a lot of the feedback that they got sort of surprisingly was from non-established miniatures gamers who weren't quite sure what to do with a miniature like that now as we've moved forward we've seen some slightly more static figures because they wanted to improve assembly and then we got into the first plastics now we have a whole different set of problems with these plastics and one of the reasons that we're seeing more static poses is because we need to be seeing more flat poses because we need to minimize the number of parts now there's a huge difference in the per part price of a metal miniature and a plastic miniature uh, a rubber mold when i was doing when i was making miniatures back in the stone age a vulcanized rubber mold was 250 dollars. all right like for me that was a lot of money for steam Force, that's not a lot say, of money in, in the steel plate uh plastics were what 250 uh ten thousand dollars yes yeah uh so so for <clears throat> for metal you can make a four-piece miniature for a thousand dollars now in plastic you might be looking at twenty thousand dollars to make a four-piece miniature mold so it's a little bit different uh well and then add to that right and i'm sure that's the larger driver but on the other side you also have the desire for pre-assembled and or one-piece models so anything that has to be assembled you want to minimize the number of parts that are being assembled so that it's easier to go together and you have less issues with the model falling apart absolutely so, so all told, you know, a lot of that is why we're going to start seeing more static, more static figures than we saw previously. I don't personally have an issue with this. I mean, like if you look at, if you look at the farmers, they were a very static team. And I think that was part of the learning process. Then you turn around and you look at the blacksmiths. And you've got about 50-50. You know, for every iron, there's a bolt. For every sledge, there's a ferrite. And then you go and you look at these new plastic replacements. And it does seem to be kind of a nice mix of the two. And, um... The... I have to to move based on something being said (laughs) in in the chat room. Uh, so the, uh, you know, for every retail ox standing there, there is a meat hook who's gone from a flat figure to a dynamic figure. So, um, now it's dynamic in terms of action, but if you look at it, it's actually still a fairly flat profile figure. This gets very complicated, but... You know, there, there are going to be changes simply based on the needs of plastic. And I know that I've seen a lot of comments from people who didn't want there to be any repeated poses, who didn't want, who wanted 12 entirely new miniatures. 
I think that, but I don't, I, I can't see that happening. You have, I mean, like you said before, we have the iconic poses. You don't want to lose those iconic characters. Yeah. Right. I mean that, that it's just a bad decision. Um, yeah. And I think that, I think that some of it is just, I mean, they're iconic for a reason, right? Um, some of them are going to be, some of them are going to be repeated simply because like you can't imagine another Sakana. I can't imagine another Sakana. Sakana is perfect. Sakana is one of the best miniatures in the whole line. <laughs> Why would you screw with it? You know? So, and the whole argument of, oh, well, but I want 12 new poses, that sort of only applies to people who already have all those miniatures. Right? Like, if I'm a new Guild Ball player, I'm somebody who doesn't have that team yet, which ultimately is who this entire release is aimed at, is people getting these for the first time. They don't have any of those poses. So, yeah, it makes it a little bit, it makes it a little bit harder to get excited about rebuying a team you already have. But if you're not rebuying it because you like the material better or because you're just going to support Steamforged's endeavor, then why would you rebuy the team you already had anyway? You know, I mean, that's like, I don't understand why somebody who is unhappy about the art and has no other reason to buy these would buy them other than just supporting Steamforged. And if that's your reason for buying them, then why do you care? So, so let me ask you this, um, your opinion. Yeah. There has been some pushback saying that by going to any crowdsourcing, Mm -hmm. uh, even if ultimately this is going to, help provide funds to generate two plastic, you know, better price six man boxes Yeah, that it's still having, it's going to have a negative impact on retailers in a time where retailers, especially right now at a time when there are a fair number of retailers who are apparently, I have heard very frustrated about the releases at SteamCon and, um, through online sales mm-hmm. where the extra models for the farmers and the blacksmiths were not enough mm-hmm. to to balance out the people that went to one of the two mm-hmm. uh, steam cons and well, picked up the boxes early right the people people were more me... interested in getting a three month lead right on so rather models. than rather than discuss the People who say things on Facebook, (laughs) let me ask you a series of questions, which will take the place of an answer to that concern. Okay. Number one, do other larger and smaller miniatures companies also release products at events? Uh, Question. Let's go with yes. Question number two. Uh, who says this is going to hurt retailers? Question number well, three. Hold on. So, no. so let me give you a response to that. Yeah. Um, I do know in my local store, and I have a what I would describe as a healthy guild ball scene. 
everybody who will be coming for my farmer's launch event, which we are specifically putting after the farmer's box is available, already has the farmer's both boxes. Okay. And my store owner is actually very concerned because he's gotten very few uh, pre-orders for either of the second boxes, Farmers or Blacksmiths. Right. But and how many Guild seen, Ball products has he sold overall over the course of the last And he has seen a, a general drop in Guild Ball sales right. over the last six months. All right, so that leads into the next question. Okay. Don't all miniatures companies sell online both directly and through online outlets? Sure. Has he seen a drop in all game sales? Because the impression I've gotten is that there's just a brick and mortar problem. That's that's interesting. Um, I would say in in our store he has not. Uh, he's actually seen an upswing of in general Games Workshop games mm-hmm. with the re-release of Games Workshop. He's seen an upswing in the Privateer Press games games. Um, we are, while we have had a drop from the furious, you know, over the last six months, we've seen a drop. Mm -hmm. We still have steady sales. They're just not steady Mm -hmm. where they were pretty much people that were going to expand out to multiple teams did it. And there's a couple of core people who now regularly buy. Well, but at the same time, if I go down to. Dark Side, which is the in Sarasota, which is probably the largest game store in the West Florida area. Yep. They have gotten rid of every miniatures product that is not X Wing, uh, Games Workshop, or Privateer Press. They right. just now this is a store. They just that, don't carry it. Well, yeah, but it's a store that's as big as like half a grocery store. Like, it wasn't a shelf space issue. They just got tired of having it on the shelf. Nothing yeah. sold and except those three right. companies. And that's and that's part of the challenge is if nothing else is turning, then why would you carry it, right? The whole point of having a retail store is to you have to turn product. Right. Uh, right. But at the end of the day, you know, so we have two anecdotes. They're the opposite anecdote. We don't actually know what's going on in the game market. But... True. Uh, when I look at every other game company, they're selling stuff online. I could also tell you that my local game store, now again, anecdote, but my local game store, Armada, they've got <laughs> Cool Mini or Not product on the shelf. They've got Mantic yep. product on the shelf. Both of those companies, say, I mean... both of those companies, Created those products, (laughs) yeah, via Kickstarter. Yep, I'm with you. Obviously, the fact that those products were crowdfunded had no impact upon their decision whether or not to stock those products. They stocked them anyway. I ultimately, I don't know. I, I don't know the the origin of this. The brick-and-mortar stores are upset. The brick-and-mortar stores are, are going to suffer from this crowdfunded Guild Ball team expansion argument when 
I'm looking at Steamforge doing simply what so many other companies in the marketplace do. Even like weird kickstarted uh, the other side. Uh, you know, and in a lot of ways, weird is, is frequently put up as like Guild Ball's antithesis or comparison game. So I just don't buy it. Um, I think that the, okay, so maybe these metals are going to be sitting on the shelf and the plastics come in at half the price. And they need to do a, a clearance sale. But I, I'll tell you that the two game stores I visit on a regular basis, both clearance sold all their <laughs> Guild Ball stuff already. It's not yep. on the shelf anymore. It's gone. Reduced 40% or whatever the sale was. Right? Like, fire sales are just a part of doing brick and mortar business. But I still think it's a it's a point that should be talked about. Right. If if we turn our back and try to make make pretend the the concern is not there, but I would like to hear it from a store owner. Maybe not a store owner, but maybe just somebody not on Facebook. Like <laughs> I give no credibility to people who bitch on Facebook because you know what? People who bitch on Facebook, that's a lifestyle more than it is a source of information right like the people who are upset on facebook are just people who are upset on facebook like that's their idiom that's why i canceled facebook i was sick of seeing people being upset on facebook i just didn't want to see it anymore i didn't want to deal with it anymore um uh, i found I some of the discussion around what it is your uh your you're looking at because yeah, you've uh, you've referenced clearly. There's somebody that's gone crazy. People send me screenshots, so because they know I don't have Facebook. <laughs> so the uh, <sighs> like the discussion on Twitter has been much more measured. I mean, there's been people who've been like, "All right, I'm so excited," and there's been people who've like who've been like, "Oh, but I already have that team," you know. But nobody has been like pulling out their hair and screaming. Oh my God, I can't believe you betrayed me by doing a, an Indiegogo instead of a Kickstarter. You're still lying to us or whatever the, the, <laughs> the Sturman drang on, on what book was. And uh, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I said it before. This is how this happens, okay? Nobody betrayed you, first of all. A business took a look at a situation, at the cold, harsh reality of a situation, and said, wow, we don't have the cash flow to lay out for 33 metal molds in China. Wow, but there's this thing we've got now called crowdfunding, and everybody <laughs> in the freaking world uses it as a business model now, and it's not affecting game stores because i go down to the game store and it's full of crowdfunded crap i don't want to hear it anymore <laughs> i feel so, like i've done my job tonight <laughs> ah! so i mean at the end of the day which i know that the the dungeon freaking loves when i start saying at the end of the day to lead into every uh thing because apparently that's my new thing at the end of the day 
this is how this happens. It's the only way it was ever going to happen. It's the way it's the way they're going to make it happen. And now it's up to us to actually go and back the products and get the miniatures and help it happen. And it's not just for us to do for these two teams also. This is very a very important point. Not only do we have to make these two work, we got to make like seven more teams work after this. So, you know, I would actually say, like, I expect this first one to be, like, exciting and people are going to run out. And maybe a few people are going to buy plastic replacements for teams they've already got just because of, like, the novelty of it. But when we get to, like, the 6th and 7th team, man, we're going to be relying on some people to dig deep and and buy teams they don't want. (laughs) Because I think the magic will be gone at that point. And we really need to get through this whole process. Because if we don't get through all of this, we might as well have gotten through none of this. Because if the engineers are $100 when this is all done, then, oh, we sort of failed. So, uh, my 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 request from the Guild Ball really? community. Quiet. My I mean, request from the, the Guild Ball community. Did we really fail? <laughs> no more engineer <laughs> like, hate from you, Bill. Like, I like shouldn't if, have used that we, as an example because you were going to come in <laughs> and say that that was fine. I if, knew that. As long as we cover the Union and the Morticians <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Hunters, aren't we really good then? <laughs> well, you're good. Um, so, so my request to you, the community, is not only support this one, which is going to be new and exciting and two teams that everybody loves, but dig deep, man. Dig deep when it comes down to <laughs> brewers and engineers because we're going to need you there. And actually, that, that's actually another, another good point. Um, what do you well, think is, is going to happen with Masons and Brewers? Because we've already got... Box. Well, that's the question is, are they going to just do the rest of those teams sort of as... Uh, a new six-man box with the the, the uh, hammer box my, and the esters box, or are they going to redo the whole my guess, twelve? My guess would be those two won't even be crowdfunded. Yeah, they're going to be ones that just roll in. Uh, that's entirely and they'll possible. probably be well near the end. So you think that they're just going to do the rest? That they're not going to go back and and remake the Kickstarter figures, or not well, the Kickstarter, the, the kickoff figures? No, because they've already gone back and resculpted those once. Yeah, true. True enough. Right. So my suspicion is my suspicion is the same. I think that there's going to be the kickoff. There's going to be the Brewers and um, the Brewers and Masons terrain pack. They're always going to be short a goal each, and we're just going to see the the rest of the team done because it it sort of doesn't make any sense to do it again to be perfectly honest i mean the kickoff is so cheap that even somebody who is only interested in one team or the other can sort of justify buying it um so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they redid them i don't expect them to redo them and and let's be honest they could probably skip the twelve man alchemists and twelve man. Oh, cut it out! Nobody would. Nobody would really be upset. I would. <laughs> like you I know, said. I'm actually so. So here's a weird. Here's the weird thing. 
Here's the weird thing. So I'm looking forward. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to having these these plastic miniatures and not painting them. Like I'm looking forward to having like kick around guild ball miniatures. And to the point that I now fully expect to not only buy every one of these releases, but to turn around and and rebuy no, I'm not gonna paint any of them. But I expect to turn around and rebuy farmers, blacksmiths, and all the subsequent releases twice because I'm gonna have my painted set and I'm gonna have my kick around set. Now because here's the like, real question though. I mean the real the real test to know if it's a Phil Bowen original is yeah. even if you don't paint them, are you still gonna rebase them all with clear bases? Yes. No, of no, course. not the ones I don't paint. If I don't paint it, I'm going to leave it on, on the base. But I the ones I paint are still going on. I'm still ripping them yeah. off of the included base. <laughs> I think that's crazy talk. I think everything <laughs> should be on a clear base. <laughs> They're legal now. Um, <laughs> I sent a I sent a picture of my, my blacksmith's work in progress to Perkins the other day. And his comment back was not, oh, those look nice. It was, they're legal now. <laughs> it's nice. Like, Thanks, Perkins. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, uh, so yeah, so like, I like the idea of, now there is an, there's a joke in here and we'll get to it later. I like the idea of going to an event and instead of having to pack up my big box of foam and, and carefully put all my painted miniatures in it and and worry about whether I, I put that box in my carry-on or my checked bag. I love the idea of just like throwing eight miniatures in a Ziploc bag and tossing it in my suitcase and like, that's okay. <laughs> like... Or what I want to do with these guys, I want to just throw all the Guild Ball miniatures in like a big bowl in the, the dining room <laughs> where I play games so that when I just out? want to, so that when I just want to do, because what I actually do, like I don't play like entire games of Guild Ball much anymore. What I actually end up doing is I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, well, what happens if I'm trying to casket time a fish player and casket and Corsair are doing like double harpooning casket out of the way. And I'll go and I'll take out my miniatures and I'll set up like a game in progress and I'll play a turn or two just to see what happens. Right. And like unpainted plastic miniatures are perfect for that because they're just in a bowl I don't have to so take them I'm out of my foam it. cases and all this stuff. So I'm looking forward to having and not painting plastic miniatures is what I'm saying. So what I'm hearing is unpainted miniatures will get you to play, just not with anyone else, <laughs> only with yourself. Well, it'll 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 get me to do what I already do like 10 minutes faster. <laughs> <laughs> And if I can if I can get something done in ten minutes, I'm gonna get it done in ten minutes every time, believe me. Well, ten minutes faster, which means I think you'll be able to get done what you would normally get done in two minutes. So you really do lock it right down to being a two minute man. I I wish. So um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh. We've been we've beat this topic to death. So uh 
So, Bill, there's uh, there's some events coming up. Did we uh, did we want to? I mean, we did a really a pretty thorough job of, of covering some of these recently. But let's I just remind everybody some coming up. Yeah, let's remind everybody of the dates of the uh, at least the three that we've been tracking, uh, and any more you want to throw in, and any more somebody maybe wants to toss into the chat now. Well, we have, and, and and I heard a rumor. This is actually maybe you can confirm it for me. I heard a rumor. This is St. Patrick's Day weekend. Uh-huh. Um, we have the Bourbon Trail Open coming up. Uh, is it St. Patrick's Day weekend? I know it's my kid's bar mitzvah weekend, which is why I can't go, Tate. <laughs> but March tenth is that St. Patrick's Day? Uh, I don't think so. I think St. Patrick's Day is the next week. Okay. So we have uh, the Bourbon Trail open March 10th. Uh, that would be the first in our series of three we've been tracking. Uh, not held in a distillery this year, but plenty of promises about people uh, sucking it up, showing up in Louisville, and yeah. uh, going for the bourbon tastings later. Well, that's what we did the first year. We played at that store uh, yeah. in Louisville, and then the next day we went to uh, what Wood Woodridge Woodbridge. I forget the name of the place. Yeah, you know I um. Well, no, because we weren't in we were in Lexington. We weren't in Louisville. Yeah. Oh right. Now, well, it's all the same to me. I don't know the differences between the two. They both start with L, and they're both in Kentucky. Yeah. So. I, know. Um, I other than that, I can't I can't really tell you the difference. I got I've got a relative in. Both? Maybe? I think I've got a cousin who lives in Louisville. I don't know. I have an aunt who lives in Lexington. I've been to Lexington now like twice to see Tate, and I haven't stopped in to see my aunt, which uh, I'm a terrible, terrible, terrible relative. That's not good. I'm a terrible relative. Um, (laughs) That is not good at all. I was busy getting drunk with Tate. Um... I'm sure and that is good. So just don't play this. Uh, don't play this podcast for my aunt Becky. Uh, so uh, uh, so so that's March 10th. So yeah. so when we jump forward to April 7th, yeah, okay. Uh, April, April 7th. 7th is Old Jake's How's That? How's that? And uh, how's that? And how's that? Old Jake's How's That is actually being held in a brewery. Yes, not a distillery. Not a distillery, but a brewery. A brewery. And, uh, and let me tell you, I've there's... done, I did a Blood Bowl tournament in a brewery with food trucks. Like, that's the perfect tournament solution right there. These guys know what they're doing. Yeah? Yeah. It's it's good. It's good. So, now, <laughs> Jake has said he is still sticking to one day. Yeah. So, this is like Marathon the Iron Man of Iron Man tournaments. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that one's in Greenville, South Carolina, yeah. which, you know, I don't really know where that is either other than South of me and uh, North of you. It's, it's inland South Carolina. Like it's West of, um, Columbia, I want to say. Okay. Now, um, interesting tidbit. Um, if, if I understand what I have read in the uh, various um, updates, it looks like a uh, a steam forged uh, staff member 
will be making it out to the old Jake's house at. Really? Yeah. That's fun. Per- apparently DC will be stopping by. Oh, well, that's day. practically his new backyard, isn't it? I I think so. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so good. But, uh, it'll, it'll be good to it'll be good to get him out to something. We haven't seen him in yeah. a little while. And and there are still tickets available for both of those tournaments, which is an important thing to know. Um, They've sold a lot, through, but they can sell some more. But they can still sell some more. In fact, they're both, uh, I forget what the numbers, I, I know um, Bourbon Trail can hold, I think, 72 mm-hmm. at the store. Um, Old Jake's can hold 64. Four. Uh, last I checked, Old Jake's was over thirty, mm-hmm. so they will be awarding a SteamCon ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember where Bourbon Trail was. I know they got sort of a late start with their registrations. Yeah, uh, and, and you have to go through this funky Google registration bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, yeah, I don't know where they're at, but I know they had like room for seventy-two, and they were. Starting to pick up registrations fairly quickly. Cool. And then uh, the uh, Spring Fling, further April into 28th April and 29th, yeah. is uh, at the end of the month. And uh, that unfortunately is sold out. And the wait list, uh, as of yesterday, has climbed to 12 people. Ah, very good. So I am, every time I think I have a plan for what to do and possibly, you know, how do we open up extra slots and stuff, uh, yeah. I get more people wanting to go and the wait list gets longer and I have to reshuffle plans <laughs> however the women's event the the significant others event not the women's event yeah. the significant others event all right the the what well, i think we're going to start calling the the guild ball widows event yeah. <laughs> has been planned out and actually sounds Excellent. like a uh, a lot of fun so that was posted god that was posted last weekend to the uh to the spring fling for yeah. Everybody to share with their significant others. Yeah, yeah. Well, you two are very organized. If I was, if I was, you say that. If I was in charge of something like this, there would be no organization. Which is probably why it's a good thing I don't do this sort of thing. Uh, cool. So that's uh, that's upcoming events. Let's see. Uh, what did uh, what did Twitter have to say this week? I think. I asked them sort of generally about uh, what we want to talk about. Uh, let's see, Spencer, your buddy Spencer, asked uh, if we can touch on the new plastic fish and butchers. I think we we accomplished that. I think we did that. <laughs> uh, favorite sculpts, we we did that. Uh, he likes he likes the new boiler, and uh, he likes the hermit crab. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, uh, Kevin Stewart wants us to 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 talk about how people say Kickstarter, but actually mean crowdfunding. Um, I agree. Uh, some of so, some podcast hosts have said uh, Kickstarter when they mean crowdfunding, uh, but apparently some game company directors have said Kickstarter and did it mean crowdfunding? It's a very complicated term. This crowdfunding. I see. I'm now confused. <laughs> well, because it's not a Kickstarter. Uh, clearly, it's not a Kickstarter. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't now, the know. I got, I got though, so many comments today on different things. Actually, uh, if, 
Uh, Siski actually asked us a question about static poses, which we covered. So, um, yeah, we yeah, accidentally covered just stuff? about everything that uh, that people asked us about. So, <laughs> I, I think that was a fair thing, given that uh, pretty much everything anybody asked about was the plastics, and we did what forty minutes on the plastics. <laughs> so we were bound to cover everything eventually. So we are, I think we have met our, we have met our Twitter question obligation in the laziest possible way. And, uh, what do you got, Bill? Anything? I'm just really curious if, uh, you Xerox a page while filling out, or if you make a copy of the Indiegogo application while drinking a Pepsi, can't you just say you Xerox the Kickstarter application drinking a Coke? <laughs> I mean, uh, isn't it all the same now? I'm going to I'm going to need to go get some puffs and blow my nose. So, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't count when game company directors um, use, True. use iconic brand names. So, it's not a Kickstarter, Bill. It is not. It is an Indiegogo, right? It is not a Kickstarter. It doesn't matter what it is. But can I buy it with Bitcoin? It is. (laughs) Briefly. Uh, So, uh, we are going to get all of our plastic miniatures on the blockchain, I think. is. is There we go. There you go. All right. Very good. I think I have said my piece for tonight and uh, need to go and let this dog out before he goes on the floor. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. And good night, Phil. Good night, Bill. And good night to all of you chat room. in the chat room and all of you playing the home game. This has been us. That has been you. Good night. All right. So, uh, hey, this is me. The show's not actually over, it turns out, because it's been an interesting 20 hours. So, when we signed off last night, uh, we did not know as much as we know now about the Indiegogo campaign. And what we know now is that they are, they being Steamforged, is capping the the campaign at 800 units of each, the fish and the brewers. And the reason that they are giving for doing this is because they do not want to harm their relationship with retailers by taking any more profit or any, or shipping any more units to potential customers than the 800 per team required to cover the manufacturing and distribution costs. By default. So... Again, I I can't help but see this as negotiating with terrorists. And the terrorists, in this case, are not the local game stores. I would be shocked if there were any local game stores who actually knew any of this was happening. 
what what I see uh, very much secondhand because it's mostly been screenshots because I deleted my Facebook account. You should delete your Facebook account. Everyone should delete their Facebook account. Uh, what I see is people who just like to be upset about things being upset about this because they just like to be upset about things. You know, when the way I look at this entire situation is that as soon as your local game store no longer stocks a single product by Cool Mini or Not, by Mantic, by Ninja Division, or any of the hundreds and hundreds of board games that have been kickstarted in the last three or four years, as soon as not a single one of those things are on the shelves at your local game store who is so concerned about the threat of a crowdfunding campaign to their business, as soon as half the stock on their fucking wall isn't crowdfunded, then we can have this conversation. In the meantime, you're just being an asshole on Facebook. And you know what? Facebook is basically just people being assholes on Facebook. I'm not, I, 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 I'm baffled by this as a business move. I mean, yes, Steamforge is going to get a profit whether they sell it on Indiegogo or where they put it into distribution. They're going to make a profit. And ultimately, this is, a, this is an exercise in the long tail anyway. So for them, this is not that important. But what happens next time? What happens next time? What happens next time? What happens when people complain that God tier is on Kickstarter? What happens when they complain that uh, you know some other product that they make down the road is on Kickstarter? Or Indiegogo, or the crowdfunding platform of your choice. You know, are they constantly going to, are they constantly going to make their business decisions based on what people bitching on Facebook, the worst place on the internet, have to say about things? I mean, if they're if they're gonna base all their business decisions on what idiots say on the internet, they should at least listen to podcasters. You know, actually, I guess we don't know if it's 800 total or 800 per team. We're going to go with 800 per team. Uh, we'll assume that. And um, where was I? Fleeting thoughts. I mean, look, the, the decision as to whether your local game store is going to put Gilbo on the shelf is ultimately going to come down to whether or not people in your around your local game store are buying Gilbo. You know, uh, my my local game store stocked Guild Ball when people played Guild Ball. When people locally stopped playing Guild Ball, you know what happened? They stopped stocking Guild Ball. If people started playing Guild Ball again, you know what would happen? They'd start stocking Guild Ball again. You know, I mean, the, 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 whether there was a crowdfunding campaign or not, because you know what? When they started, when they started stocking Guild Ball in the first place, it was immediately after a crowdfunding campaign. And they've got Cool Mini or Not product on the shelf. They've got Mantic product. They've got a whole wall of Kings of War that nobody buys. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure somebody must buy it. It's on the wall. And, and, and you know, Ninja Division and Koo Card Games and all these other things that were crowdfunded. You know why they're in the store? Because there's, there's a chance somebody might buy it. They don't care. They don't care. At the end of the day, they don't care. They might care 
when they're just hearing about it at first. But you know what? You know what the the bottom line is. The bottom line is the bottom line. I mean, look, local game stores are, are, are like the worst places in the world. And don't at me with, oh, my local game store is amazing. Congratulations, you won the lottery. You know what the rest of us have? The rest of us have crap. I grew up with crap. I deal with crap all the time. I, I mean, I've been around above average game stores. But I don't want to hear about some game store 1,500 miles away that smells like roses and has knowledgeable staff and everything is, is free and there's a unicorn in the yard. All right? You won the lottery. Congratulations. Don't at me. You know what it comes down to? it. I don't know if I'm more offended that they are changing what they're doing based on what local game stores who I hate with a passion and yes trust me somewhere in the past there is a show us on the doll where the local game store touched you story but uh, you know I don't know if I hate local game stores more or if I hate Facebook more and I think what really bothers me about this situation is that it's the intersection of people posting on Facebook and local game stores <laughs> And that is like the recipe for me to be irrationally angry about something. And at the end of the day, that's what this is. This is me being irrationally angry about something. So the news here is not any of my editorializing. Because my editorializing is ultimately the fact that I hate local game stores. And I hate Facebook. The news here... <laughs> The news here is that if you want to get these things sooner, uh, one would assume weeks or months sooner, then you could get them from your local game store. Then you need to be one of the first 800 people to back the team on Indiegogo once the campaign launches. Uh... If you would like to support your local game store, you can, of course, wait for it to arrive at retail because retail is the, the goal and the plan. And, you know, the, the, the God's honest truth is your local game store probably will sell it to you for like a 10% discount anyway. So if you're willing to wait, you know, there's some money in it for you. Uh, I know online retailers will certainly sell it to you for a discount. But... If you're in a hurry, or you want to fight for the cause, which is which is certainly my position on this, is is I I don't approach it from a a, a, a position of price sensitivity or urgency. I approach it from a position of um awareness of the of the campaign as a part of a greater whole and where it fits into the plan and, and that we need to get these 1600 teams sold so that we can have these models. Then we need to get 1600 more and 1600 more and 800 more and 1600 more. Uh, that is, uh, that is what's important to me. So I'm going to back it on Indiegogo. 
you know you can you can choose your you can choose your adventure uh, based on uh, based on that reality. But you really should delete your Facebook account. You really should. All right, that's it. I'm going to. I'm going to go see if Ox has got his poetry ready and uh, get this thing out the door. Good night, everybody. Knees up. Watch the knives. To join the conversation, comment on the show post at guildballtonight.com or email us at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Also, Feel free to give us five stars on iTunes. Every little bit helps. But when you do, don't write a review of the show. No. Instead, just tell everybody why you love Flint so very much. Guild Ball is property of Steamforged Games Limited. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guests are their own and do not represent the official position of Steamforged Games, Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems, Aperture Laboratories, or even the other hosts and guests. Dogs barking can't fly without umbrella. It is time once again for another installment of Ox's Poetry Corner. It's two more of me. Worth getting, no matter how. Not a Kickstarter.